0: a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. <laughs> my name is Ryan Heyman. You can call me H and I'm Ryan Quintel. You can call me Q. I've been preparing for my upcoming wedding. Uh, I don't I don't know like I don't know how personal we like to get in these intros here. <laughs> it's the you know we're winding down. It's getting real personal. I don't know how interested people are in us as people versus us as content providers. <laughs> But, you know, it's, it's been on my mind lately, you know, I've been, been really kind of, kind of scrambling to put together this. I mean, I still have quite a few months, but I'm really trying to put together something special, something great. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun, but, uh, yeah, just trying to put together the wedding party I've Q included, uh, because you know, how many other people in my life can I really say that I speak to at least (laughs) once a week? It's very few people. Yeah, you call me more than you call your mother. That is true, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That's, that's true
1: of you, too. Now they think about it, maybe we need to call our moms at some point. <laughs> we just need to start podcasts with our moms. That's it. Oh, my God. That would actually be a... Oh, that would stress me out. <laughs> maybe we should uh, start a podcast with each other's mom. Oh, wow. That would be a really be bizarre. Trade-off
0: every other week, my mom and you, and then your mom and me, and we'd talk about like, I don't know, like... Murder, she wrote, or something. I don't know what older generation women are into. Oh my god! My Where was our point of like similarity? Like, what is the thing that like we could all get on board with? Um, let's see. My mother's into
1: baking. She likes uh, reality TV competition shows. Like, she likes all the American Idols and the the voices and stuff. I my I don't think. <laughs> Well, mom's not listening to this, but I I think she could do with better taste, if I'm being
0: honest. My partner, uh, my fiance, I should say, has been, um, we spent the weekend away. Uh, We went over to one of the local islands here off the coast of Washington Mm. for the weekend. Uh, Very nice. We went whale watching, saw some whales. I love that. We went, um, I guess, just wandering around town. We went to an alpaca farm, saw some alpacas that was not as Not as hit or miss as seeing the whales, you know, you you go whale watching, you don't know if you're going to see the whales. You go to an alpaca farm, you'd be pretty sure. It's it's more of a sure bet. But uh, anyway, she, (laughs) I don't know why. I think Amazon had recommended it to her, but she watched through, I think three or four Woody Allen movies over the, uh, over the trip. Oh my God. And I've, uh, like I've always really, really loved Woody Allen movies, but I also, understand that he's a super problematic character (laughs) like as a person in real life and so i just i don't know what to make of it as you know a a kind of consciousable progressive young individual trying to do my best (laughs) to i don't know manage my level of harm in the world uh but i still like i really really like every woody allen movie that i see and i just don't know what to do with those feelings It's tough, you know, I mean, it's I the think... Michael Jackson problem all over again. You know? <laughs> right,
1: right, right. And you know what? It's funny because like the Michael Jackson stuff is is very cyclical, like it always crops back up and everyone's like, oh, wait, he's a terrible person. But then like the actual art itself and, and I mean, and of course, the the, the broader culture kind of re silences um, those things, which if you're a victim of one of these people, um, or I guess in the case of these people may be alleged victims um although that feels thin uh <laughs> but um you know if if you are a victim i'm sure having these people like brought back to you time and time again is going to be really really tough uh in the cultural spotlight but this is always the question of can you separate the art from the artist right and uh, i i think there's arguments for and against yes, like i i grew up when he first came on the scene I found Louis C.K. very, very funny. Uh, Mm -hmm. I still find, well, I mean, going back and there's old bits he does, which are still very, very funny. And at least to me. And, but at the same time, knowing what he did, you know, there is just that like, yeah, my gosh, like, but I, you know, (laughs) although maybe we're going to get there one day, I can't unbuy the, you know, stuff that I've bought of, uh, his, like I own comedy specials of Louis CK's that I just can't like Apple has no return policy for being a sex pest.
0: Yeah. And and, I mean, that's the thing is like, I think people like Louis CK and Michael Jackson, even like the stuff that they did in real life isn't reflected in their art. Whereas somebody like Woody Allen, it feels like there's quite a bit of like, of this kind of like, white high society stuff that would have protected somebody like him Mm. doing the kinds of things that he did. And there's quite a bit of like tokenizing Orientalism in a lot of his work as well. And it's like the the problematic elements do kind of bleed over into this art a little bit more. So it's a little bit more difficult to justify than like Michael Jackson or the Beatles. Uh, But at the same time, like, I also feel like kind of the egregiousness of the act. Like I, I mean, the the crimes of Bill Cosby and his work have 0% crossover but i would still be very uncomfortable consuming right. <laughs> bill cosby content at this time just because what he did was so egregious but uh i don't know it's 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 very difficult <laughs> i don't know what to say yeah there's also i mean there's so many aspects at play like
1: including time you know like i've i've done stupid shit in my 20s and you know i wonder if, if everything I ever did was on record, like as a 40 year old person, I'm not 40 yet, like in my forties, like is the 40 year old standing before a person today, 20 year old person, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess. But I do think that like culturally it's something that we will increasingly, uh, reckon with.
0: There are absolutely things that like, I am very deeply ashamed of (laughs) having done or endorsed just because I you know, it was younger and didn't know the, the magnitude of the history of a lot of these things. And it's like, yeah. And
1: I mean, you and I like comedy too. So, I mean, for sure we've laughed at throughout our lives. Yeah. We've laughed at a joke that we, you know, knowingly now would never laugh at, but I feel you know, like there's a, there's
0: a difference between the, the people who really kind of double down on being super defensive and saying, no, there's nothing wrong with me. It's just that people today are too sensitive versus the people who like come out and say like, okay, this, this, and this aren't cool. I own up to that. Um, <laughs> right. uh, I'm going to try to do better going forward. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's hmm. my gosh. I wish I had a time machine. I'd just go back and be like, Hey Ryan, just, just chill out. Here's, 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 it wasn't actually ever funny to begin with, you know? So it's not, uh, it's yeah. not funny now.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, anyways, I think at least it's an indication that we're all getting better that all the time. Um, I hope we're moving in a positive direction and I hope that we can, uh, continue to move in a positive direction. Uh, let's weirdly transition that into some (laughs) video game pitches hoping to move the industry into a better direction. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I like that. Uh, I mean, speaking of which, Uh, Ubisoft has owned up to one of their games, including actual (laughs) politics this time. So maybe there's hope on the horizon yet. They've cleared the lowest possible bar. (laughs) (laughs) Admitting
1: what they had already done. That's the, but Hey, what did, uh, step, step one is admitting you have a
0: problem. So there we go. We're on our way. Uh, Not that having politics in a game is a problem. It's, uh, it's denying that you did. Yes, it's the denial, right? Clearly... That's the <laughs>
1: step one is admitting you did something, I guess. That's step zero. And then step step one is you have a problem.
0: <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm going to be going first today. And what I'm going to be bringing into the mix is a tabletop style game about uh, going on quests, uh, Dungeons and Dragons style quests, mostly described through text, maybe some light, very kind of like tabletop visual elements alongside of it, you know, character pieces like they're made out of actual cardboard and moving around like a terrain modeled map that was you know, like something that was like physically built out like a Warhammer board or something like that. Uh, I want to keep it all very tactile. But anyways, you can choose to play as a party of characters from any kind of fiction. And basically, as you're going on this quest kind of like scribble knots or like Akinator or something like you can type in the name of any like celebrity or character for something and then they will join your party. Um, each would be specced with a fairly like in-depth but not outlandishly elaborate character sheet that would kind of inform how they would react to any specific situation. Perhaps each would come with some unique flavor text or something like that, but basically like It's just enough detail to make sure that they act in character and uh, to make sure that the story kind of reflects who all these characters are that you've brought into the party and are going on this quest. And basically, you just kind of go through this like short session RPG quest Mm -hmm. with all of these characters. And it's mostly kind of delivered through text and little kind of funny animations. Maybe you hop into... Battles every once in a while. Maybe each character has some. um, If we want to really get kind of ambitious for each of the character sheets that we're writing out, keeping in mind that we're optimizing for volume over depth and quality, Um, Mm -hmm. more ambitiously, we can include maybe a list, uh, kind of a handful of generic voice lines that can be used, and maybe um, some cardboard cutout animations, maybe some unique weapons or something. But basically, like, I just want to. Create a game where you're kind of starting off in a quest to slay a dragon or something, and you can choose who to bring with you. And if you're just like, "Yeah, I want to bring like uh, Wolverine from the X Men," I want to bring Frasier, I want to bring Mr. Bean, I want to bring Banjo Kazooie and just the King hits. K. Rule, then uh, that's you know that's who you get to bring with you. So I'm going to start the clock there and see how feasible something like this could be. Well, we already have a problem on our hands. I'm going to summon Woody Allen. I'm just <laughs> uh, Bring Woody Allen, Bill Cosby, Michael <laughs> Jackson, John God.
1: Lennon. Oh, what a uh what a cast you you could possibly assemble in in a game like this. Yeah, this is cool. So, I like the idea of doing that. I guess you'd have to what like map personalities or abilities and things like that across multiple dimensions, right? And just say like there, There is like four different, I forget what the dimensions are for personalities or maybe even emotions. Um, And they all have like their regular emotion and then the inverse of that emotion. And so you'd have to get into the business of like mapping all of these potential possibilities, which is, you know, it's a spreadsheet. It's fine. It is what it is. But then you get into, um, then you kind of get into being able to summon them and like, is there that much extra flair that you can put in that makes mm-hmm. these people feel like the people a little bit.
0: Yeah. Cause I'm thinking like most of it kind of plays out like animal crossing where there's only really like eight unique personalities and, you know, sets of, of voice lines and everything that each of the characters have, but there's enough kind of clever seeding of unique personality traits to where it can kind of, spontaneously and systematically inject each character's personality like you could say like perhaps there's like a sliding scale of how talkative each of these characters are and so you do have a set of like each scenario would come with like a set of lines and reactions for each of the you know eight character prototypes but maybe they're Maybe some characters are less verbal. If you went with a Mr. Bean or a Link from The Legend of Zelda, then they would be very kind of non verbal and have ways of maybe truncating the lines or having non verbal alternatives. I don't know. I, I just think, and like including catchphrases and enough like little details maybe like each character sheet includes like objects that are important to the character um, oh yeah places of origin that they could reference uh little turns of phrase that they can use
1: you could almost map the abilities to like the things that different sorts of actors or performers would have like their ability to dance their ability to sing their ability mm-hmm.
0: to yeah yeah
1: emote <laughs> i don't know i like to think of uh i'm so i'm i I started playing a little bit of mass effect one. God help me. Um, and the, uh, it's, it's just so funny, right? Like how video games have evolved and this almost necessitates having to go back, but having the like, uh, Paragon and Renegade, but also things like charisma and intimidation, right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe you have a Brian Cranston (laughs) that you summon. Although can we summon, like, it's interesting. You said Mr. Bean. Are we summoning Mr. Bean or Rowan Atkinson or are we summoning both? And what does that mean?
0: Like, I think you can summon the character of Mr. Bean and you could probably also summon the actor Rowan Atkinson, but he would be like acting just like he himself as a person. I want this to feel very inclusive. Like, anyone you can think of, I mean, which really isn't feasible, but I think like we would be super open to like mods and stuff like that to include, you know, the community could really kind of get involved. And so I think about something like the great Akinator, the web genie. So, so to speak, have you ever played with Akinator before?
1: Love the Akinator. I don't know why it's not, uh, more talked about. <laughs> I think it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. But that one has really kind of thrived off of community engagement and it learns as it goes, um, from the various kind of community, anything that it isn't able to guess, it kind of reverse engineers into, you know, into a right answer that it can produce next time that somebody else yeah. asks the same kind of set of questions and, and replies with the same set of answers. So yeah, it can kind of grow over time. Yeah. In the same way that, uh, you
1: would get into the old uh, Nintendo Wii start screen and you would see if you just like, and I did this of course, right? Like I designed the whole little cast of Star Wars or Star Trek connection or just like whatever. And so my little plaza was filled with all these yeah. characters. I wonder if you could do like in a multiplayer or more of a community setting, you let people download whatever character that the community can create.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And then you also like basically take the, what, when you summon a Mr. Bean, you're going to get one of the top X Mr. Beans, but they won't duplicate so maybe you if you just keep requesting Mr. Bean's then maybe eventually you start to get crazy crossover characters like uh, Mr. Bean Hulk and Mr. Bean, you know, Mr. Bean Spider-Man or just you know basically the same way you had like all of the Spider-Verse characters and one thing you can you can kind of <laughs> smash together like characters by writing in multiple things like what would it what what would it mean to have Mr. Bean be Mario?
0: That would be a very ambitious you know, maybe we release the base game and then like as an expansion, there could be like a fusion expansion where oh. you can plug in any two characters and then they, like their character attributes fuse in clever ways. So you could have a Mr. Bean Spider-Man or a Tommy Wiseau Kermit the Frog. <laughs>
1: wow. That sounds awesome. <laughs> 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 I was, I was gonna, I was gonna reach for a Oh, hi, Fuzzy <laughs> yeah, there we go I, I did not do it <laughs> I did not <laughs>
0: I did not hit her
1: <laughs> That's right Oh, man Uh, can the rest of the show be this? <laughs> and i don't don't mean this episode i mean the rest of the episodes of the show (laughs) we have a lot of impressions we've been waiting to whip out folks i think like as a cap to put on this the if you have this all like you said in a costume quest style adventure um, or like turn-based RPG or something like okay, that. Okay, wait a minute, where, when you say Costume Quest style, what does that
0: mean specifically to you?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I guess I mean like very, like you, you mentioned an RPG up front. So if there are like, like you said, people have favorite objects and that sort of thing. And so certain characters are just going to be better with certain weapons or, you know, more useful at certain items. You know, I think you need to also put maybe some kind of cost or capital behind it because you don't want to just, well, maybe you do want to just, but like, I wouldn't want to just keep summoning someone, seeing if they match the items that I have. And then if not just like deleting them and saying, okay, well I want to, although I, you do want to encourage experimentation. I'm a little torn on it to be honest.
0: Sorry, match the items that you have. What is that? Well, let's say if
1: I have a, let's say I have a microphone, whatever. And that's a, that's a weapon I can attack with in my like actual RPG game Um, And I, I, you know, I go for Michael Jackson, but I get like a dancing Michael instead of a singing Michael Um, uh, where I get adult Michael as opposed to little kid Michael, who I assume is the better (laughs) singer, but not dancer. I don't know. But like, whatever, if I don't get the character role that I want, like, should there be a cost to the the re-roll in some way? Should you have to use your character for some period of time or like like a sim forcibly get them
0: (laughs) off? I mean, I I think that it would be like you would, you would choose your character party at the beginning of the round and then just kind of, you know, hell or high water, you go through this quest with them kind of no matter what it takes. And so, you know, I think there's just a lot of comedy to be gained from how do, you know, Kratos, Isabel from Animal Crossing and the Gamera interact in a quest to go and try to you know, rescue a, uh, rescue a king from his singing castle or something like that.
1: Yeah. And if if you had, uh, I believe IMDB has an API. So I wonder if you actually, IMDB has an API. IMDB has an API. Yeah. I think, uh, IMDB has a a way to kind of hook into it and like get information out of it. So I wonder if there's a, like a cool integration that you could do there so that, the characters would actually say lines from their thing or like know other actors that they've worked with before and that sort of thing.
0: Let's uh let's go ahead and close up and down and let's give it a name. I, I feel like there's a playoff of EverQuest, like Everything Quest or something. Everything every quest. Every one quest. <laughs> Everyone. E- every. Ever
1: re-one quest. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if you did like EverQuest like colon re-one. Yeah, uh or and call it the above. Uh is there something that we should do with Screen Actors Guild here? Is this the SAG quest?
0: I God, I wish that meant something. No, in like Actual gaming terminology. I wish I knew any D terminology.
1: The de- de- Demi Gorgon
0: role? Yeah, there's a saving role. There's like role playing,
1: role model. You audition. Is it audition quest? Because you get to audition different characters for your your party you're seeing who's going to be the main characters who's going to make the cut oh hey <laughs> hello we just got it i just got it ready <laughs> casting
0: quest casting quest w- okay.
1: walk me through that <laughs> okay well you have it's it's in the ballpark of costume quest okay yeah it is uh y- you are casting movie stars like a casting mm-hmm. agent <laughs> And you also have spell casting. So I feel like I've got I've, I've got a, okay. a, a bingo card that's firing for
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like it. Casting quest. Casting quest. That is the answer on the board tonight. Let's go to Ryan Quintel for our second pitch.
1: <laughs> jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, like
0: game show host there for a moment.
1: I know. It felt good, actually. I, I enjoyed it. So by my <laughs> pitch for this week... I, I was, I've been thinking about the format of the hero shooter and how it's very, it's pretty tired, but I was wondering if we could do a hero shooter-esque thing, but the heroes are not fighting each other, rather they're kind of trying to co-build something. Maybe it's a Lego thing, maybe it's more of a Minecraft or Fortnite thing, but a whole group has to, uh, get together, put their minds together and build something, almost like an old school challenge, structurally stable, uh, or functional in some way together.
0: All right. I'm going to start the clock. So let's walk through what this all means. So are they building stuff with like blocks, like Legos, or are they throwing their bodies into a pile? Like, uh, like Mount your friends, like, what are we talking about?
1: Um, so actually, you know, you just
0: made me think of a potential format here. If we, if we went the VR
1: route, but I like the idea of, you no, know, it's almost like Fortnite or uh, or Valheim or I or even Minecraft, where you're kind of like, okay, we're constructing walls, mm-hmm. we're constructing uh, X, Y, or Z. Maybe there's a blueprint that needs to be followed at the beginning of each level or that sort of thing.
0: So it seems like if it's something like Minecraft, where you're just kind of like building blocks in a three-dimensional kind of grid-based pattern, you know, it's an invisible grid, but it still kind of adheres to a grid a uh, type of rule set like in Minecraft, but if you're just doing that, then it seems like if you are free building, that would be pretty easy to build quickly. Like people who knew what they're doing could just go in, see the plan, and just build it in a quarter of a second. If I have learned anything from the popularity <laughs> of Fortnite, but yeah. maybe if there's kind of like a like a gathering element, like a yes. survival mode Minecraft beforehand, or even if there's like a balancing element, there is a game. I reviewed, I'm I'm not going to remember its name now, but I, I see if I can look it up. Actually. Uh, I'm not going to remember. Anyways, it's a game that I reviewed that was like, it was a 2d game made of just kind of like simple geometric shapes, but it would, it would challenge you to balance all of these shapes on top of each other. And the structure would have to hold for like three seconds after you're done balancing. But the interesting thing was that it wasn't a single player game. It was a multiplayer game. Oh, wow. And you were just matched with like a random stranger from the internet, uh, kind of journey style. So, you know, you would hop into this game and um, you would, uh, yeah, you would just have to balance all these different shapes you would be able to work together to kind of hold up like the like the opposite ends of each shape because it was kind of physicsy as well yeah. uh but you know it it was kind of quantifiably different than balancing stuff on your own because once you lost i was inclined to give up after like two or three <laughs> failed attempts but sure. having somebody else there who just kind of immediately went back to the pile of blocks and picked them up again was kind of motivating to keep going. Like, I don't want to let them down. Like they're really jazzed to do this, you know? Yeah. I
1: I like when, when you're saying like the gathering element as well, like it, it, when two people are both tasked with a very concrete thing, it kind of, it doesn't necessarily create a competition within your own team, but it does make you, you, you know, we naturally want to be in tribes, human and humans. And so like, mm-hmm. We, we want to, uh, do well for our partners usually when we're in a team like that. So I, I actually sent you this link. I, I think, I think I've talked about this before, but <laughs> there's this YouTube channel called tube unique wilderness and it, and it features, uh, it's either the same two guys or it's, or, or it's a series of different people, but they, the, each video is them basically starting from literally dirt uh, yeah, I encourage you to just like jump forward in the video. I'm watching you this by. as,
0: as we go, I'm, I'm, you know, am watching the one that you sent me and so far maybe a minute in and I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, the, I mean, these guys literally just like dig stuff out with sticks. They form shapes. They even like, they go and, um, they will like break down an anthill because, uh, apparently like the byproduct of ants going to the bathroom plus water makes a kind of makeshift cement like a waterproofing material so like they one of them will actually just be going to like hey i'm gonna go get you more trees hey i'm gonna go get you uh you know uh an hill that you're gonna have to crack and break down and then eventually uh as you step through and you get to the like way 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 end, i would say like the Let's say the fifteen-ish or, or sixteen-minute mark, they they actually make a paint out of uh, local plants and they start painting all of these things together. And then they then around seventeen minutes, they're literally going step by step to a local river over and over again with pots and filling up by hand a pool. <laughs> And so, like, I, I mean, granted, this is all, you know, super, super sped up. This is the, over the course mm-hmm. of, you know, days and days and days of work, I have to imagine. But the the thing that's so interesting, right, is that, like, you know, there's no irrigation here. They're going to get that water, and they're going to go, like, pour it in a big rectangle, essentially. And so while one is doing building, like, or, like, carving out the the mud uh the partner will kind of come in and help uh help relocate it or you know get it out of there so that the building can continue. So I do think if this is a two-person job and it's you know, I don't know if that's true or not. Like who knows what kind of things are going on in the editing of these videos, but I love the idea of you know the Overwatch characters, but you know somebody with a a crazy yeah, sure. sort of slide animation. It looks like they're fighting a crocodile at the end. I don't really know what's happening, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's new to me. But you know your your Reinhardt, for example, in Overwatch, this big hulking night guy, uh, the ability to um, kind of slide forward or do a power slide and like gather up a bunch of dirt almost like a Mack truck all at once. Um, or not, not a Mac track, but a bulldozer all at once. Oh, they're putting the, <laughs> they're putting the crocodile in the water. How crazy. Uh,
0: I do like, you know, any game that, that kind of thrives on user gener- generated content always comes away with such impressive stuff and finding ways to kind of condense the UGC process to maybe like a kind of you know, short like 15 minute round. Uh, and then let's basically like the products of what both people, it's like, it's kind of like a like one of those kitchen challenge shows where it's like, here's some raw materials, make something impressive out of this. And then maybe we have like, maybe we kind of throw the results out to the community and they have two minutes to vote on them. And then the one that comes back with the most votes, like I always imagine there must be more players than there are voters. So I don't think it would actually work out in real life, but if there was some sort of clever way to, a sustain like a really plentiful and really bountiful voting pool and like yeah. it could be really impressive to see what people are able to make in kind of like a game jam type setting
1: well and, and i like borrowing what we've learned in all of these uh group shooters throughout the years like could you have the characters that do painting or finishing work could you make the essentially the a splatoon like tool set but you kind of set them per character. And so you have different sorts of painters on a team, like, okay, this person has a rolling brush and they can lay down a ton of paint, but they can't do a ton of great detail work in the way that somebody with a smaller brush could, but they can't, you know, use the same amount of paint. So that, mm-hmm. And that's just the painters. And so now you have the, like, the the resource collectors and they have different techniques. And I, even setting it in different maps, I feel like you you could even do the Overwatch-style two groups of six or two groups of five or whatever it is, and um, have that be two groups facing off in their builds. (laughs) And then, I I don't know, I guess the the whole community has to judge it or something, or it, it gets scored somehow.
0: Yeah, I mean, this could be boiled down to, I think we did very early on in our... Playwright adventure, some sort of a Splatoon style paint by numbers game. Oh, yeah. Uh, where everyone was kind of working together to kind of like paint a giant picture or something like that. Does, does that sound familiar? I don't remember the details.
1: Yeah. In my mind, I remember it f- or remember it feeling like the picture was like not on the ground, but it was like on a big canvas or something
0: hanging. I, I don't know why. I, I'm, that's the visual in my head, though. Let me do a quick search through the site and see if I come up with. Yeah, here we go. Playwright 20, Splatoon, paint by numbers.
1: Uh, that was back when we were more straightforward with our naming <laughs> schemes. We're Very, never going to be able yeah. to find anything anymore.
0: Yeah, with uh, over here and spell check. I don't remember what uh, those...
1: I know we're kind of already kind of like smashing up against time, but the this original pitch before it was actually construction or art-based was, what if we did a, a hero shooter, but it was all slapsies?
0: um which I still think is uh, pretty interesting.
1: <laughs> At least sillier.
0: All right, let's uh let's go ahead and shut down and come up with a name for the collaborative artistic uh I don't know, creative jam type of game that we've made. God, I it's it sounds like
1: a mobile game to say construction heroes or something like that.
0: Construction heroes or even like a team jam. It doesn't really make sense, but but yeah, I think I mean, construction heroes. I think kind of works out if you want to make like this Builder like Builder Jam, a,
1: like Boulder Dash or something like that. I like the sound of Builder Jam.
0: Builder Dash. Builder Dash is fun.
1: Builder yeah, Dash. Under a time limit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> All right. Let me hop on over to our email. It's always satisfying to have. come
1: up with an A, right? Sometimes we. Yeah, it's
0: good. <laughs> we have to dig. All right, we have an we have an email from our community for our community pitch of the day of the week. Rather, this comes from Peditus. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It is not the first time that you've emailed in, but I've also not seen any emailed corrections, so I'm going to keep on saying poditis. Classic. Like it's some kind of disease. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if anything like this exists, but I want to see a game in which instead of using bullet time, you use time bullets, or in other words, you shoot time. The concept would be that a PCP game in which you shoot either your opponents or the environment and depending on the type of bullet it ages deages the target or maybe makes them go faster or slower so you could for example make something in the environment age faster so it collapses on top of a player another wrinkle could be oh. to play it uh, to play a bit with the spread and area of effect of certain weapons and maybe come up with a more imaginative way to refill your ammo than just letting time pass or picking it up. Thanks for the amazing podcast over the last years; they were great, fun, and inspiring. As you guys and you guys will be missed. Well, thank you very much. I uh, really appreciate that. Uh, that tag onto the end of the email. We're talking about a time, time aging based shooter.
1: Let's uh, let's do it. So uh, I'm, here's where my brain went when he talked about, or when Padidus, I should say, when they talked about, when they talked about how to collect ammo. And I was like, would it, I guess recently w- we got a dodgeball game uh, mm-hmm. that's on its way out. I can't help but think, would it be cool to be able to like capture somebody else's time bullets with my own gun? Like, can you recapture these time bullets in mid-flight in order to power up your own time gun?
0: I think before we think about reloading, let's let's kind of get the the core mechanics down and let's see what we can do with, with that. Cause I feel like the reloading mechanics are going to kind of reflect, uh, the general ethos of the, the game design. So I think, I think if, if I'm correct about this, we've talked about doing a, um, doing like a game where you kind of steal the age of other characters, uh, through a first person shooter before. So, Pretty similar to what's been pitched here, um, but but not exactly. So I, I feel like the direction we went before was kind of inspired by. Uh, now I'm not going to remember the name. Do you remember the name of the game that was like in those Nintendo Directs? I think it was in like two Nintendo Directs as a team based hmm. shooter in which you would shoot the body parts of, of the opposing team and, and get it was all kind of dead to dead style. And the body parts would get smaller. And then, like a giant skeleton on your side of the map, would get larger and larger. Oh my god! Oh yes! Oh man! I don't. I have no idea the name of it. I'm I'm so sorry to the developers of that one. <laughs> we've developed a very, uh, very memorable set of imagery and mechanics that I'm just not able to put a name to. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But
1: yeah, it's 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 very um, arresting when you see it. It's like, oh, that's so, that's super cool.
0: I think we've talked about like a game in which as you shoot somebody, they get older and you get younger, you're kind of stealing their time, Uh, which I guess you could get stuck in kind of like a back and forth battle that would just keep on going forever, essentially. But I I do like the general concept that as somebody gets older, they become less immobile, maybe less quick in the reflexes. And as you get younger, then you get uh, more kind of spry and more... Limber and more able to jump around the map and and take better advantage of the enemy. But you hit a certain point, and then it becomes like a real struggle. You become like a six-year-old, then you become a toddler, then you become a baby, and then all of a sudden, like these are just the like the last few points that you need to get this Benjamin Button battle royale out of the way here. But yeah, the the, the last few shots are the real struggle.
1: I I like the
0: idea of of your health is
1: your age and you know, as you aging has many similar effects to, uh, to injury when you're a young person, Mm -hmm. maybe you're slowing down and you're, you're less mobile or capable than you were before. Like imagine starting off a game and you can kind of uh, mantle and wall run and you've got all the sort of Titanfall esque uh, slash apex legends esque movement abilities. And then, Slowly turning into kind of a applauding, almost GoldenEye <laughs> style shooter. Where you can just kind of mm-hmm. uh, GoldenEye. It's so funny, right? It felt crazy back in the day, but it would certainly feel tame going back to play it by for by any multiplayer standards. But yeah, I like I don't the know idea about that you that turn on of...
0: slappers only, and you turn health all the way down to zero, and suddenly you're winding through these kind of labyrinthine corridors, and then as soon as you see. Somebody with their DK mode giant head pop around one of the corners. <laughs> it's like a horror game. You're trying to either get the get the first smack on them, or they're going to slap you down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> the I'm also like picturing, uh, like, but I just mentioned, like, the you know these stages made out of brick and wood and whatever, and being able to spend ammo. You'd you'd really want to be very. Methodical about even your aim and everything because you know, potentially these wasted bullets are ones that you're not going to get back. But I, I don't even, in my head, it's not even bullets. I, I actually think that this would make more sense to have like a, a Ghostbusters esque laser stream or something mm-hmm. that might feel. Uh, more appropriate to like a time gun or whatever. It just kind of blasts you and, and ages you with some sort of portal-ish technology.
0: That makes sense. I think another way that we could go is with arrows because we're thinking about like interesting reload mechanics. My mind kind of immediately goes to Towerfall Ascension, which is kind of, um, you know, multiplayer 2d platformer shooter, party shooter in a way yeah, um, but anyways, you had like two or three arrows in your quiver that you could shoot, and then as soon as you shot them, the arrows would just get stuck in whatever you shot them into, and you would have to go retrieve them, or you could pick up your enemy's arrows. And once an arrow is stuck in something, then it becomes kind of a neutral arrow that anyone can grab, and so you could play non-aggressively, uh, not shoot at anyone else, but a, but kind of trick them into shooting at you, and then all of a sudden you have you know, six shots and they have nothing. And so, you know, they're Mm -hmm. on the defensive like heavily at that point. Yeah. I think arrows gives you a lot of kind of that, uh, that kind of, uh, flexibility with, uh, with strategy. If you, if you got into the arrow game and, and each
1: arrow itself is like a time disruption thing. I wonder if the arrows that get lodged in, um, spaces or stuff or, or what have you, you actually have a system where like the arrow gets lodged in the wood. The wood is aging as long as the arrow's on it. And then you can either choose. You can either choose as like the other player or any of the players. You can choose to kind of grab the arrow, like just pull it out of the wood right away, and then it's ammo in your clip. But you can also kind of hold onto and absorb the arrow and that like reclaims uh some time in, in you. So you kind of heal up with the with what you can salvage.
0: So we have this kind of time aging mechanic on the environment. I think it, I think it's a, you know, kind of obvious how it would work on people or characters, but working on the environment, there are some games that have kind of played with the, uh, fast forwarding reversal of time. Uh, like, um, it takes two did that recently. There was one level in which you could kind of advance or rewind time to, cause things to either kind of crumble or repair themselves. Uh, there was games like God of War Ascension or I think one of the Ratchet and Clank games did this kind of like rewind type mechanic. Um, but it's always, it it feels kind of prescriptive in the types of puzzles that it gives you. And it oftentimes, those aren't the puzzles that I look forward to when I'm playing those types of games. Like I would, I would like if this is something a little bit more like, Forza Horizons, uh, rewind mechanic where you can engage it at any time and it would kind of retroactively react to the procedural damage that you as a player have caused. So I don't know if that makes sense, but like, it's not, it's not like, uh, the programmers create two states for any environmental object to find itself in. And you have to like, You know, tune the radio dial between the future and the past to find that perfect point to where it makes a bridge, Uh, but rather you would be in charge of knocking something down or destroying something in such a way that rewinding it to a certain point would get it to a point at which it creates a bridge. And so a little bit more hands-on, a little bit more destructive, a little bit more teardown or Red Faction guerrilla, and a little bit less kind of prescriptive puzzle-solving.
1: I like the idea of... (sighs) Being able to, uh, I guess the thing that, that stinks about the like healing mechanic is that you could technically end with both players, like totally healed up, which I guess is not what you want. So I'm just trying to think of ways to,
0: yeah, I wonder if we could fashion ammo in some way. They're stealing each other's health though. Oh, okay. So you're, you're, there's always kind of a zero sum game. Got
1: it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So it, maybe it takes something of your own time energy to fashion one of these arrows?
0: Not necessarily. It's just like if you're taking, uh, if you're low on health and you take the health of somebody else, then you would be, like they would be losing whatever you're gaining. And so there's kind of a set amount of health or life uh, is that what you're talking about, like characters healing, or are you talking more about like? Well, I was thinking if I shoot an arrow, healing. let's say
1: I shoot an arrow into a log or whatever. If you grab the arrow, you can either use it as ammo or you can hold to the arrow mm-hmm. and sort of absorb it. It's gone, okay. But it it heals you. But it just made me think of like if
0: oh, I if, think, if the, I, I don't know if we can absorb arrows. I think there should always be kind of right. a set number of arrows in the match at any given time. Like it's kind of up to us to like, maybe we can imbue different effects onto each arrow, but like if this, Mm. if the round begins with six arrows in the field, you know, three in each character's quiver, then the round should end with six arrows being in play at, at to some degree. Let me ask you this in terms of manipulating
1: time. Do you, how do you feel about the mechanic of being able to like dump your own time, dump your own age, or whatever. So we actually have two measurements of health. We have your health, just your, it's straight up HP, but then we have your age and (laughs) being able to like sacrifice multiple years of your life. Like the longer you draw the arrow and keep it drawn, Mm -hmm. it actually like sucks years out of you.
0: Oh, that's a good idea.
1: But then if you like, if I can hit you with a 30 year arrow, you just snap (laughs) you're 30 years older.
0: Yeah. And then of course, like you would be It's kind of sucking the life from them, so you would be gaining thirty years yourself. Yeah, I I mean, we are. If
1: you miss, ooh, it's no good.
0: We are quite a bit over time, unfortunately, and so we do have to end Ah. it there. But uh, let's let's give a name to what we created. Well, I'm tempted to say time zero. Time zero. Does that have a meaning outside of? Because I know that there are like arrows on clocks and stuff like that. But I just does time zero mean anything? I mean, Um, time flies. Guys, uh, yeah, I know that time there's
1: uh, times arrow was kind of used in a couple of things. I think it's a book, but it's also popularly a, a fun episode of star Trek, the next generation. Um, but I, I do like the sound. Okay, of time's if it's
0: arrow. A, if it's a star Trek thing that I, I think that's cool. I think we can work with that. Yeah. It takes place
1: in the holodeck. You can do all sorts of fun stuff.
0: All right. Times arrow. That was Poditus who emailed uh, no, who's, who actually submitted through our website at playwrightcast.com slash pitch? Again, we don't have that many shows left, so get your yeah, pitches but don't in. Don't give we out
1: can.
0: the URL. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Like, if the last show needs to have eight pitches because we have so many in our inbox, then so be it. We will do it. But make sure to get your pitches in in these last few weeks, I guess forever. Sit with the regret of not having your, <laughs> your video game idea read out on a podcast to literally dozens of people. Anyways, you can also email us, playwrightcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at playwrightcast. And of course, uh, playwrightcast at, uh, sorry, playwrightcast.com slash pitch is our website.
1: Special thank you to Protodome for the use of our theme song, Hello World, off the album Blue Noise. And when you're listening to things... Why not go listen to that Kane and Rins podcast? Hey, I hear it's still going.
0: Uh, it is unlike <laughs> Sound of Play, which we have recently <laughs> sunsetted, but we have many hundreds of episodes of that to listen to. So uh, you and should, Sausage
1: Factory. We got to go. You can listen to Sausage Factory as well.
0: Never going to be short on Sound of Play. Never going to be short on Sausage Factory. Let's uh, let's get to a redacted game to take us out of our show today. I'm going to be challenging you with. Redacted is a redacted-inspired dungeon crawler about exploring the cursed ruins of failed redacted. You'll wield redacted junk as weapons as you battle your way through the forsaken redacted complexes. Stab a demon with a redacted one moment, run over a goblin with a redacted the next. Your options in combat are constantly changing. Oh boy. It's a,
1: uh, sorry, is it, what did the description say the genre was again? Action role-playing?
0: It's a redacted inspired dungeon crawler. Dungeon crawler, dungeon crawler. And I'm in ruins. Which honestly is a pretty broad descriptor. A lot of games call themselves dungeon crawlers. So see how useful I is from everything from like zelda to diablo to uh to gauntlet legends
1: (laughs) god you really expanded the possibility space when you said dungeon crawler my certainty became high (laughs) i was like "Surely, ryan you're gonna get a dungeon crawler you love these things (laughs) um and now that i've said that i won't get it just to embarrass myself all right give me one more read through and then i'm gonna take my first guess
0: Redacted is a redacted inspired dungeon crawler about exploring cursed ruins of failed redacted. You'll wield redacted junk as weapons as you battle your way through the forsaken or redacted complexes. Stab a demon with a redacted one moment, run over a goblin with a redacted the next. Your options in combat are constantly changing. There are goblins, there are demons.
1: I was going towards Hunter
0: the Reckoning, but I don't
1: remember goblins being in that. The goblins thing with a dungeon crawler takes me into,
0: hmm, um,
1: it sounds fantasy, and maybe that's a boulder's gate sort of thing. So my first, my first guess is going to be, is this boulder's gate uh, Dark Alliance,
0: this is not Baldur's Gate. Ah. Dark Alliance, it is not within the Baldur's Gate series.
1: Oh no, okay. But there are demons and goblins. Okay, okay. I need some metadata. My guess with your description is when you're saying blank inspired, is that it has to be... I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm so focused on the Dungeons and Dragons inspired.
0: So I'm going to do the equivalent of reading a 10 and a 0, user review. Weirdly enough... Even though the game has a 7.7 user score, it mm. only has one written review sitting at a four. So okay. the only user review says, Redacted benefits from unique, vibrant visuals and, a f- and fairly engaging gameplay. It comes up very short in the areas of needlessly wordy character dialogue that add nothing to the game and very, very unrewarding grinding too little time was spent developing the primary gameplay to sustain its necessary playtime, and too much hope was put into the bland stock dialogues to carry the player through gameplay dead zones, which are too common and last too long. Oh, and there are plenty of game crushing bugs uh, that like to come out to play right before, or right when you get to a boss. So, Again, that is a four review for a game that is otherwise ranked at a 7.7 user score. So maybe not representative of the entire wealth of user opinions, but that is at least <laughs> one negative opinion. The 7.7 user score is
1: interesting to me because it, it, it the the next place I start to venture in my mind is... To the Elder Scrolls series, and that does track with bugs. I don't know if it tracks mm-hmm. with bosses. It's certainly, now we've got dialogue in there as well, so I know that it's it's doing kind of some dialogue-y things. But in my mind, most of the modern Elder Scrolls, number one, they'd have a bunch of reviews, but number two, they would they would be better rated than what you're talking about. I guess it' could be like a lesser played one, like a Morrowind or something like that.
0: I mean, Morrowind is loved by users. Oh, Morrowind is Okay. Well, there you go. Like Um, it is the high point of the series. Like no questions asked, I think for most people.
1: Wow. Okay. I, I didn't, I didn't really play enough Morrowind to be able to say. Now I'm back on dungeon crawlers. It's a something inspired dungeon crawler with goblins. With goblins. Demons, though. Demons and goblins. Okay, my second guess is this... Gosh, I'm going to pick one, but, you know, like all of these things, there's kind of series, is, but I'll not I'll try not to cheat. Is this Hunter the Reckoning Redeemer?
0: It's not within the Hunter series.
1: <laughs> Such... Thank you for the very kind and broad <laughs> answers to these... But
0: I'll, uh, I'll give you some more information here. Um, this has a 78 meta score mm. and it is the number it's a multi-platform release. I'm reading the PC version of this, but it is the number 99 best PC game of 2020. Oh, oh my God. Number
1: nine, best PC game of number 99.
0: 20, 99, 99. So not, not just nine not just not so it doesn't rank highly but it's also like it is charting like it is something that people generally like it's a you know 78 meta score but it's it's not like an instant classic you know it's not an instant classic And I will classic. say that like you know thinking through all these like goblins and demons stuff like that is useful but the setting is very non-traditional
1: so when we when once we start talking about non-traditional settings I start to think of like I feel like like Remnant from the Ashes is very traditional. I'm trying to think about things I played last year. There's a turn-based strategy game called Other Side that I didn't play, but it looked very cool. I imagine that there's demons in there, but probably not goblins. Uh... <laughs> How unconventional is unconventional, Ryan? Um, I, gotta, I gotta shake the
0: trappings of Diablo. I will say that there are elements of comedy inherent to the setting. Like, it's a little bit more lighthearted than something like a Diablo. Comedy to the setting.
1: There was a game I did not play that I think matches the description, although I don't know if there are demons and goblins in it. But it's, um, uh, you're, you're, you're like playing in like a startup office. There's like energy drinks and stuff all over the place. What is the name of that game? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's it's kind of an indie game, and so it wouldn't be super super well known. I think of it—the one where all the, the artists Switch kind game? of
0: like stylized, like those corporate motivational posters. Um, is that what you're thinking of? No, this was called.
1: Okay. It, it was in a Nintendo Switch showcase. It looked really attractive, and like it, it was like a Nintendo indie. I I find myself, I
0: need to get the name because I think it's... I can I probably help f- you out with a couple of names here. There's a couple of things that come to mind based on your description. Okay. There was a game called Good Job. Uh, that was kind of a physics-based puzzler set in like an office type environment.
1: Yeah, that was not, that's not it.
0: Uh, I know There was a game called Going Under, which I think Team 17 might have published. Yes, that was like a, that's it. Okay. That's the Team 17 that's the more game, Going of colorful, under. Right, okay.
1: That's my guess. I, uh, that's the game. But is it right, Dungeons &
0: Dragons inspired? Did I say Dungeons & Dragons inspired? I said it redacted No, inspired, no, you didn't. You so redacted. The
1: instant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so my, my official third guess is Going Under.
0: All right. Um, I'm going to read the unredacted description, except... I'm just going to redact the name which comes right at the very beginning of it just for dramatic effect. Ooh, okay. Uh, but we'll see like how closely it matches what what you think going under might be. But anyways, it says redacted <laughs> is a roguelite inspired dungeon crawler about exploring the cursed ruins of failed tech startups. Startups. <laughs> You'll wield office junk as weapons <laughs> as you battle your way through the forsaken office complexes, stab demons with a thumbtack one moment,
1: <laughs> oh. run over
0: a goblin with a smart car in the next. Options in combat are constantly changing. This is Going Under.
1: Wow. Okay. I haven't played Going Under, but I remember seeing it and actually <laughs> Jessica uh, remarked on it. She was like, well, that that looks weird as hell. But I was like, I love the idea cuz there's a bunch of like you know whiteboards and stupid crap all <laughs> over the place and but i yeah failed tech startup
0: Ooh, it's in, baby. Uh, it's in this month's humble choice bundle so if you fancy yourself you know 12 games for 12 bucks then uh, going under is among them and, and 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 in your and my endless quest i have to add the
1: addendum of i technically work well not technically i very much work for IGN which is owned by Ziff Davis mm-hmm. which owns Humble Bundles. <laughs> yep. But if you if you go and get the bundle I don't think I make any money. So you're all it's all good.
0: That's Who right. I do the money. charities as of recent news uh, oh, unfortunately but... <laughs> No, I, I I'm not going to drag <laughs> you through. I'm not going to make you explain.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's okay. IGN's really taken it on the chin these past couple <laughs> weeks. So let's just let's make it all happen. All right. <laughs> Thank you for
0: listening, everyone. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We'll catch you again next week. It's been a fun show. Next week. See you again. Mm, mm, mm,
1: Goodbye.